Hi, thanks for downloading the next chapter of The Butcher. I just wanted to let you know that if you want to buy the full audiobook at a discounted price, you can head over to nathanburrows.com forward slash audio. Alternatively, you can buy a full price copy at any audiobook store. The Butcher is also available on Kindle Unlimited, ebook and print format, all via Amazon. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the story. Chapter 9 Frank watched Tom get drunker and drunker, helping him out by topping up his glass when Tom got anywhere near emptying it. The original bottle had run out a while ago, and Frank had been forced to get his emergency bottle from his bedroom. Half an hour after Tom had told Frank all about his idea, Tom was fast asleep on the table. For a moment, Frank thought about leaving Tom where he was for a while, as he did what needed to be done, but decided against it. He didn't want Tom waking up and stumbling in on him, although that was unlikely. Come on, mate, Frank said, rocking Tom's shoulder. Time for bed. Frank had to do this a couple of times before Tom woke up enough for Frank to manhandle him to his bedroom. By the time Frank had taken Tom's shoes off, thrown a blanket over him, his little brother was snoring like a baby. After washing their glasses in the kitchen, Frank went to one of the cupboards and pulled out their father's old set of butcher's knives. They're rolled in an oilskin wrapper, which Frank unrolled on the kitchen table. He looked at the knives for a few minutes, remembering his father wielding them back when they used to slaughter their own animals on the farm. He had taught Frank well. By the time he was twelve, Frank could kill, skin and process a whole pig in under three hours. He had not butchered a pig properly for years now. As they paid the commercial slaughterhouse they had to use, an extra few pounds to cut their pigs into prime sections. All Frank did these days was slice the prime cuts into best joints, but butchery was like riding a bike. You never forget, Frank thought as he picked up a cleaver from the roll of knives. The kitchen light glinted off the lightly oiled blade, and Frank ran his thumb over the cutting edge. He knew it would be sharpened to exactly 40 degrees. Their father didn't really take care of much in his lifetime, but he did look after his knives. Frank considered using a whetstone to brighten the blades a little, but decided against it. They didn't need it for what he was going to use them for. He rolled the knives back in their oilskin, grabbed his coat from the back of the kitchen door, and slipped the rest of the whiskey into his coat pocket. As Frank drove down the track to the pig sheds, he thought about his brother. In a sense, Frank felt bad about manipulating Tom into thinking that what Frank was about to do was all his own idea. But Frank knew that it was the only way Tom's silence was guaranteed. Tom had always been quick to try and get out of trouble, and if there was any way he could make something someone else's fault, he would. It was only when the blame fell squarely on Tom's shoulders that he would just retreat into himself and say nothing. He'd been that way since the pair of them had been children. When he got to the sheds, Frank made his way to the old abattoir. It was a low building, standing on its own away from the other sheds, and had been one of the original buildings on the farm. There were no windows, just a green door with flaking paint, and it had stone walls as thick as the ones in the farmhouse. Flicking the light switch, He was relieved when the old fluorescent bulbs spluttered into life. The building wasn't used that often, and the only things in it that were used were the mincing machine and bone grinder. 
He looked around the interior of the building, taking in the butcher's table, the railing and hooks on the ceiling, and the drain set into the middle of the floor. It smelt unused and musty, but was still in good shape. After checking that the hose still worked, he left the abattoir and walked over to the shed with the fridges. Twenty minutes later, Frank stood in the abattoir in shirt sleeves, having long since discarded his coat. Moving a body was hard work, and he mopped his brow with a discoloured handkerchief as he regarded the man hanging upside down in front of him. The hardest part had been getting him onto the rail. Slipping the nooses over his ankles had been easy enough, but when Frank had tried to haul him up, one of the pulleys had stuck. It had taken all his strength to unstick it. By the time he'd managed to get the body where he wanted it, Frank was sweating profusely. He was regarding the body through professional's eyes, working out in his head how he was going to complete his task when he remembered the empty half-bottle of whisky in the Range Rover. Dutch courage, he mumbled, as he left the shed and went to retrieve it. He stood in the yard, unscrewed the bottle top and took a large swig, silhouetted in the light of the full moon. Screwing the cap back on, Frank walked back into the shed and selected a small knife from the roll on the countertop before expertly slicing through both the carteroid archery and jugular vein of the hanging man. As he watched the blood flow from the wounds, Frank unscrewed the bottle for a top-up. He hadn't done proper butchery for a while, and even though he'd never butchered a human being before, once Frank started, all the old movements came back to him. Once he'd made the first large incision and unzipped the man's abdomen, it wasn't that different to a pig. It took him almost an hour to reduce the immigrant to his constituent parts, and then another 40 minutes to strip the flesh and put what he could in the mincer. The bones were ground to meal, and the only recognising thing that was left was the head. Frank regarded it now, wondering what the best thing to do with it was. He left it on the butcher's block for the time being, and lifted the large plastic tub that was full of mince. Frank was surprised how heavy it was. There had to be a good 25 to 30 kilograms in there, and not much of it was fat. The pigs would have a field day, he thought, as he carried the tub out to the shed with the fridges in. The red tub with the offal in it would stay where it was until Tom got a chance to take it to the rendering plant. It was absolutely indistinguishable from pig's innards, and Frank knew it would be rendered along with everything else. The single remaining tub with the bone meal in would be spread out on the vegetable patch behind the farmhouse, or he could take it into the shop and sell it to the local allotment owners for a few quid. When he returned to the abattoir, Frank looked again at the head. If he's going to feed it to the pigs, he'd need to get rid of the hair and the teeth first. Frank opened a drawer and got a thick black plastic bag out to put the head in so he could take it back to the farmhouse. Once Frank had finished hosing down the abattoir and cleaning the knives and machinery, he looked at his watch. It was almost two o'clock in the morning and they're expecting a meat delivery from the slaughterhouse first thing in the morning. Grimacing at the thought of only getting four hours sleep, Frank swung the bag containing the head over his shoulder and flicked off the lights in the abattoir as he left to go to bed. Hi again, Nathan Burrows here. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder, if you're interested in buying the full audiobook, head to nathanburrows.com forward slash audio or any audiobook store.